Good morning. Good evening. And good afternoon and welcome to another episode of It's Your World. Did you still watch, listen to Tom Joyner when he used to have the little like soap opera on there? Be like, it's your no, world. No, I did not. Um, I did not. Mm. I missed the Tom Joyner soap opera skits. Yeah, it was pretty bad. But I mm, think it sounds liked pretty it. bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because it was. But you know what? It probably was no different than these like podcasts that people have mm. that are like drama dramatization. Yes. Yes. It probably so he was probably ahead of his time. He was. Well, and so I used to listen to Russ Parr. Mm-hmm. And they had some pretty sketchy. Ske- some sketchy sketches. Some sketchy sketches. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it was acro- across the board. We, yeah. were, we were yeah. experiencing some bad <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> Telenovelas. <laughs> what is that? It's a Spanish soap opera. <laughs> <laughs> You've never heard the word telenovela? No. Okay. I'm sorry. I've heard of Telemundo. Nope. Telenovela is a different thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know about mm-hmm. that. They're and they're known for being very dramatic, somewhat corny. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, welcome to the Permanent Plus One podcast that is not somewhat corny. That's right. And you will get no telenovela vibes. That is the only Spanish that will be spoken here, I'm guessing, unless you're feeling spicy. I might. Muy, unless you're feeling muy caliente. I might be feeling muy cali- caliente. <laughs> <laughs> I might. <laughs> this is the place where marriages go to live. I am Alan Woods. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of the Spanish. I couldn't remember. Oh, it's like, um, and know, I'm, I'm all like, alone. <laughs> you know, I've been brushing up on my Spanish. Yeah, you've been doing Duolingo? Yes. Duolingo. Is okay. Wait, is that it? That's the one Dang that it. you no, and Ava were yes, talking Duolingo. about. Yes, Duolingo. Yes, that's the name of the app where we've been learning. I, she's been learning. I've been brushing up mm. on my Spanish because because you already know. I do, <laughs> I do. It's been a while though, so I'm I'm dusty. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, your dusty ass needs to keep your head off the bell. <laughs> oh goodness, <laughs> not a dusty. Oh, feeling so I, good before we started talking, <laughs> and now things are just everybody. Everything's spiraling. So downward. Duolingo. Duolingo is our app. Okay. That we learn Spanish on. Is is everybody? I feel like there's multiple people that I've seen that are learning new languages, and then there's like a commercial every five yes. minutes. Yes. Well, that commercial is new. Babel. Yeah. Yeah, that's new. Babbel. Yes. I don't know where that's coming from. Yeah, every it day. comes on every <laughs> single day. And I don't know. That's just a new um, campaign they have going. Maybe Americans are now realizing that we're behind. The Maybe. Curve. Well, we are. You know, yeah. and that's that's a real thing because yeah. a lot most other countries people are bilingual or trilingual so they know many other languages in the u.s it's always just an option oh do you want to learn another language maybe that's because english has been the language that they have needed to learn to work with us right and so as a nation people have been like man i ain't trying to learn nothing else y'all need to learn how to do stuff yeah communicate with me exactly unfortunately a very hubris attitude so here we are welcome to america welcome to america speaking of learning this is the time of year where typically there's a lot of tassels being tossed about and caps and gowns are being draped over shoulders and you know you get the little pomp and circumstance and this year is just 
all circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's all circumstances. I'm feeling a little pomp today. <laughs> you feel a little pomp? I feel some pomp. A little pomp? Yeah. Well, congratulations to the class of 2020. Yes. Um, this is not what you expected. It's not. It is. <laughs> you deserve better than this. I'm I sorry. Mean, like, I'm sorry. I feel, like, I feel like I should just like go buy gifts. Oh I don't know goodness. anybody who's graduating though. Like, if yes, I we do, so Antonio. Well, yes, oh, he's graduating okay. from college and he's yes. already taken care of. But I'm like, he's the only person I know that's graduating. So, well, my friend Allison, her daughter, um, Allison and Asin Oti oh, yeah, in, in Arizona, their daughter Sahara is graduating, which is crazy because I, I feel like she was just in junior high, but yeah. now she's graduating from college and she just got accepted to her master's program, which oh, is amazing. So she's. Um, but yeah, so it's been, you know, we've seen people here and there who have kids or who know someone who's graduating and it's just, yeah. it's just such a predicament to be in right now, yeah. graduating and not only trying to figure out what your life's path is going to be, but like just figuring out what your next job, what your job out of college if, is going to be. If there's going to be a job out of college. If there is a job. Because a lot of these corporations are trying to figure out what they're doing with their existing employees, let alone yeah. starting to think about hiring new employees. It's a lot. I mean, I really, and we talked about this a while, like weeks ago. Mm -hmm. I remember, you know, kind of initiating that conversation with you and saying, I just feel terrible for, for these graduates. Yeah. Because this is supposed to be such a supreme time in your life, like such a monumental you know once in a life it really is a once in a lifetime type of deal for you yeah. graduating high school and college and i was gonna say i i think that for me it's more of the i feel really i mean i feel sorry for everybody who's supposed to be graduating but more so for the people who are supposed to be graduating from high school because there's a chance that they're going to have another graduation yeah, you know at some that's point true. you know like if they do go to college there's another opportunity but like there's no chance for a prom no. Like you can't have a prom like there you get it. prom. Like oh especially if you skipped your junior prom and you was like, nah, I'm good. I'm just gonna right. wait till my senior year. And then now there is no senior prom. Prom. Yeah. Like the entire process of preparing for prom, mm -hmm. talk, you know, figuring it out with your friends, like what you're gonna do, where you're gonna eat, what dress you're gonna what get. What dress you're gonna get, the tux, the the corsage, yeah. like all, all of that. Of that. You, lo you lost all of that. You think about the last couple years and how social media has been super popping, especially for all the, um, like, custom dresses that are, like, you know, in these cool styles and not dope patterns. And especially, you know, after Black Panther came out, there was a lot of, like, oh, so many. you know, patterns that were very Afrocentric and... Like, we didn't see anything this year. Like, you didn't see no, no fancy nothing because there are no proms. So No proms. It's it's just, it. I just feel, and they didn't do anything to deserve no, this. I like, mean, th this, is, this is by did. no fault of their own. Yeah. It'll be interesting. I think we're going to see a slew of books and memoirs and, and things mm -hmm. written from this period in time of these kids who didn't get to experience it. Yeah. And I don't know if, like, next year, I don't know, because it's like, okay, next year, do they try to move on and go to their freshman year of college and proceed like nothing happened? Or is it revisiting this time next year and people coming together and saying, you know what, you didn't get a prom, 
So like now we're gonna do a prom. I don't know. Who like knows? does that feel? Who knows? Who knows? We'll, I mean, we'll tackle that when we get there. Anything is possible. But speaking of going to you know their freshman years and continuing their education, like we don't even know if they're going to be able to go away to ca- to school. You know, it's interesting because so um, I don't know if our audience knows that we don't talk about it a whole lot here. But so I host a show on on Channel 12 with the Business Courier on Saturdays. And and this past weekend we had an interview. um, I had an interview with Andy Brownfield, who's a reporter for the Courier. And it was about the um, reopening of college campuses. Mm. So it was really interesting for me because. I feel like that's something that we haven't talked like hasn't been in the spotlight or been in the news or been really discussed. So he did a really in-depth interview with uh, the president of NKU and also talking to the president of uh, Xavier here in Cincinnati, UC, talking about what college is going to potentially look like in the fall. Like so if you're a parent or if you're a student or if you're just a citizen who is concerned about college life Mm -hmm. (laughs) and campuses, what is that going to look like? And and it has to look drastically different, especially if we see the second spike, because, yeah. you know, that's an underlying concern right now. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's the thing is that you don't want to rush it either, because the last thing you want is for all these kids to come from everywhere in the country and well actually internationally, because a lot and of yes. people come to the U.S. for school, have all these people come from around the world to school and then you know, it's spike on campuses first, then they go home for this break or that whatever, and then it jump off all over mm-hmm. again. Which, I mean, honestly, with seeing some of the stuff that's happening, like, you know, some of the pictures that people are posting from clubs and bars and all these other places where people act like they forgot what we were just doing and why it should continue, like, it wouldn't surprise me if it spikes again. And we hit, I still don't have no haircut. You just trying to go to the barbershop. Who me? Yeah. I'm saying you, you Oh no, no, I'm I'm just saying that You're not trying to get back out to the barbershop. I'm not in a hurry, but I'm saying like I don't have a haircut, but there's people who are like at the club. Oh, I hear okay. Like I I'm saying you. like there are people who less less prioritized. Yeah, p- yes. people who are still sacrificing. Yes, I hear you. You know, the okay. things that we consider to be basic yes. like things to do. But like then there's people who are like, oh my god, I can't wait to get back in a bar. I mean, yeah, legit. Mm. Like people are ready to get out and just do. I think. I mean, I will say, I think some of it is just a normalization. Like yeah. people, people are really, really fiending for a feeling of normalcy, mm. and I get that. Like I can, I get it. But, but is I, this? An, it, but are we back to normal yet? No, we're not. Okay. And I think we have to temper it with understanding that we still have a long way to go before mm-hmm. we're anywhere near normal and it's going to take us collectively as a society making sacrifices mm-hmm. in order to get back to the place of normal so really quickly back to the college campus um story one thing there were several points in this story and in this interview that really stood out to me so one is that um you know colleges are facing a plethora of issues you've got dining halls you've got dorms which is a huge thing so like one of the one of the presidents um i can't remember which one um but was talking about like the concern of okay well even if we cut our dorm capacity in half like considering what that looks like as far as welcoming back students into the campus when you've had to cut 
the capacity of dorms in half. Or like if you have to say we're not going to allow roommates or doubles and it has to go to singles. So you're basically reshaping how that looks in the dorm life and in residential life. Also, one of the student con- student and parent concerns was, okay, if we do have to still do social distancing, even if it's two or three times a week, even if it's not full-time social distancing, if it's half virtual learning, does that is that reflected in the tuition cost? Which I think is a very valid question. Am I going to pay less tuition if I'm not on campus and I'm not going to class, but I'm doing virtual learning? No. Okay. <laughs> because these co- these 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 colleges, you're still paying for the prestige of whatever it is that this school is. So Harvard is not all of a sudden going to be the same cost of community college because you're going to be online. Like even if they gave you online pricing, it's still expensive, you know. So it it's not. I I can't see them, you know, doing that. I mean, when they make all this money every year, and yeah, good luck. We'll see. I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. I think that. I don't know. I mean, I just feel like is it. I don't know. Is it different? If you're if you're not getting the full 100 percent experience that you would typically get in a regular year, if a regular year is thirty thousand dollars. But this year, 2020 to 2021, I'm only going to campus or I'm only in the physical realm of school for half the time. And I still have to pay the full amount that I would pay if I was going every single day. I think it's it's going to be the same. Yeah, I'm. It might be because you have to realize they have to still have to pay staff. They still yeah. have to, you know, they're going to lose money because they're not going to have people paying to come to sporting events and things like that. They're if they don't have like cafeterias open, that's a, another revenue stream that they're losing. People are not going to be spending money in other places, so these schools exist for people to pay money more than they exist to give people education. Hmm. Which is a whole different. That's an interesting perspective. So That's yeah. I mean, because at, at this point, most of the things that you want to learn, you can learn online. Then you don't have to be in a physical presence of a professor yeah. to learn what you want to learn. Yep. Speaking of which, you have done that recently. I did. I did. I took an online law class from the University of Pennsylvania. Very proud of it. I finished it today. Took my final exam. Finished class with a ninety-three percent. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you. That's a fire alarm. I feel like it and deserved every single ding that you just <laughs> gave. So um, yeah, I'm I'm really I'm really really proud of my accomplishment. So what made you want to do that? I want to use my platforms to help um, people understand how important it is to be civically engaged mm-hmm. and to be an informed voter and to understand how the law works, how the law is applied, and how the law is interpreted. Okay. And these are all very, um, they can be very complicated um, topics, but I think that at a basic level, Everyone should have an understanding of how law works. Okay. 
and how it uh, impacts us as citizens and how it impacts our lives, how it impacts our communities, how um, it impacts us as voters. All of this, to answer your question, all of this started from really back in 2016 during the election. I remember specifically going to the ballot and looking at my ballot and thinking, I don't know half of these uh, half of these offices. I don't know how they operate. I don't know who these people are. And I should be more inform- informed as a voter. Yeah. And so that's really where it started. So then I just started doing research and trying to figure out how I can help people better understand how all of this works. And I'm by no means an expert, but I'm wi- but I'm very um, focused and driven to help regular citizens understand how this, uh, how the voting process works, why it's important that we understand how different offices work, how they how people are elected, why they're elected, what they do, and how the law impacts us as regular citizens. Cool. So then that led you to an online platform yeah. where you were able to um, take the intro to law class. Yep. And how long did it take you to do that? This was an eight-week process. Okay. So I started um, a while ago, and I – so I will say I also watched – so I was also inspired by Brian Stevenson, who we mm-hmm. got to see in February um, when we went to Washington, D.C. for the new profit. The last time uh, we were allowed to leave the last state time, lines. last time we could <laughs> – outside was fully open. Outside was open. It was almost closed. It like was At that point, they were already kind of – you know, they were thinking about, about it. it. Yes, so we got to go to DC. It was a, it was a it was an amazing experience. Yeah. We got to take Ava. We've talked about it here on the podcast. So we got to see Brian Stevenson, hear his story. So even from there, we had already seen Just Mercy. Yeah, which was, <laughs> y'all, Just Mercy is amazing. Beyond that, I also watched his documentary, um, True Justice, mm-hmm. um, which I think was produced in conjunction with HBO. Also, Kim Kardashian West did a um, a law special. I think most, I mean, many people who listen may know that she is in law school currently. But she has done, she actually has done a lot of work to uh, with lawyers to help people who've been wrongly convicted get out of jail. Yeah. And 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 even if they're not out of jail right now, they're re- the cases are being revisited to to see why are they in jail? Can they get their sentences reduced? Because the truth is, we have a co- a supreme issue with overpopulation of jail of uh, jails right now. Yeah. So there are people who are in jail who are you know sentenced for an extremely long time, then they just don't need to be sentenced for that long. Or there's people in jail for offenses that are perfectly legal. Weed. Let's just be honest. Well, it's still <laughs> not legal. Say, well, not in every state. It's in it's some states, it's it is. It's still illegal on a federal level. Everywhere in the U.S. So, you know, they there there still needs to be a federal change in law, so that you know they can get the sentences reduced, or um, they need to let people out. But then they also need to get an expungement on their records because just because you get out if you still have a felony it won't do you any good if you can't find a job yes all of that needs to be revisited yeah but if you're in let's say california Mm -hmm. or wherever and 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 the state law has has passed that marijuana is legal right then should you be in jail uh i think for selling weed in that 
I, I think I have I have some thoughts. Okay. I think Would it you depends like to on, on I think it depends now? on the amount. I think that, you know, if you say that, you know, people were in jail for possession or distribution of, you know, small amounts of weed, which most people are in for small amounts. I think that's a whole different thing than kingpin status where you are doing distribution of keys and keys and keys of, you know, weed or cocaine or whatever else. I think that that's a whole different story. So can we focus on the small amounts? If it's a nickel I've already or that. I've already said it. I think that they should be let out. Okay. And they should, you know, have that their record expunged. Okay. But, I mean, the fact is the people who are saying that they should stay in are saying that they should stay in because when they committed the crime, it was illegal. Yeah. So okay. I, I don't think that they shouldn't be let out, but, you know, you know, I, I don't know. I don't I don't know that we're going to figure that out on this here podcast. Yeah. I think there are also cases where you have, um, you know, juveniles who've been sentenced to a long period of time um, where the case needs to be revisited. And there's and even not just juveniles, adults who maybe the full evidence wasn't presented at the time with their case. Maybe they were. Um, they had a lawyer who might have been a public defender and maybe didn't present all of the evidence needed for them to really have a fair shot at a trial or at um, being found innocent. So um, watching Kim Kardashian West's documentary, I think really helped shed a light on a lot of that. Mm-hmm. So I was I was inspired by that as well. And I think for no matter how people feel about her, people feel a range of ways about her. I do appreciate what she's doing as far as trying to shine a light on some of the injustices within the justice system. Um, so, yeah, I really just looked online like one night and I was and I looked like law. I was doing some research on like law, learning more about the law. And I found this course online from University of Pennsylvania and decided to take it. That's what's up. So, that's so what's I, next? That's how I got started. Uh, next, I think I'm going to take another class, actually, from University of Pennsylvania. I was really pleased with my professors and how the experience went. Um, and I think that I want to focus on constitutional law. Okay. There are several there are several segments of the law that you can study. That's another thing is understanding all of the different segments of law that exist. Constitutional law really, really fascinates me. It's it's interesting. That's one of the parts of American law because my course was in um, intro to American law. That's one of the parts of American law that really stands out when you compare it to other countries as far as their law system and legal legal justice and the fact that we base so many decisions around a document that is 230-something years old. Many countries do not have a constitution as old as ours, okay. nor as inconclusive as ours, or as um, open for unspecific. It's open for interpretation. Gotcha. That's one thing about the constitution that I think many people don't know um, or haven't taken the time to understand is that it is very open to interpretation, and the interpretation is what shapes law. Yeah. It's very interesting. Well, so. we'll be looking forward to your ongoing journey as Kyla S. Woods Esquire. Thank you. And, um, you know, we want to hear more about that. If you guys have any thoughts on some of the things that we are talking about right now, whether it be law or 
graduation or continued learning as an adult, all of those things, make sure that you leave us some comments or some questions on our social media profiles. And that is at permanent plus one spelled properly um, on every place that you can do social media that you see us with a profile because we don't have one anywhere. <laughs> but wherever you see us, ask a question and we'll continue the conversation. We thank you guys for tuning in to the permanent plus one pro- blah, blah, third. Thank you for tuning in to the permanent plus one podcast. Um, as usual, you can find us on all the social medias, uh, Facebook, Instagram. It is uh, at permanent plus one. I'll spell correctly. Uh, if you want to listen to previous episodes of our podcast, you can do that on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, or on Google Podcasts, or go straight to SoundCloud because we something like some SoundCloud rappers. Um, and uh, until the next time. Love each other.